Hey, fam. Hello, hello, hello. Family, I am here with a word today. And this word, the Lord has been replaying this word over and over and over and over and over and over and over again in my spirit. And, you know, as King and I laid across my bed and I was, you know, just like, Holy Spirit, have your way. Like, have your way with your people today. And family, I want to talk to you about becoming what you believe, right? Becoming what you believe. And there's so many things in this world that tries to steal your identity, whether it's social media, reality TV, um, different people you associate with, family members, people you, just anything can try to make you have a false sense of reality about yourself and cause you to have a broken mentality, right? You have a broken mentality, a broken consciousness about yourself. So I wanted to read Matthew chapter 9 with you, but I want to read it to you out of the message, okay? And in the message... Is titled, Who Needs a Doctor? Back in the boat, Jesus and the disciples recrossed the sea to Jesus' hometown. They were hardly out of the boat when some men carried a paraplegic on a stretcher and set him down in front of of them. Jesus, impressed by their bold belief, said to the paraplegic, Cheer up, son, I forgive your sins. Some religious scholars whispered, why, that's blasphemy. Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, Why this gossipy whispering? Which do you think is simpler to say, I forgive your sins or get up and walk? Well, just to show you, just to, just so it's clear that I am the son of man and, and authorized to do either or both. At this time, he turned to the paraplegic and said, Get up. Take up your bed and go home. And the man did it. The crowd was awestruck, amazed and pleased that God had authorized Jesus to work among them this way. So let's go back up to 48. And it says, Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, why this gossipy whispering? Which do you think is simpler to say, I forgive your sins or get up and walk? Well, just so it's clear that I am the son of that I am the son of man and authorized to do either or both. So he was telling the Pharisees they was whispering. It was them Pharisees in the back. It was the spirits in the back whispering like who he think he is, right? And Jesus said to make it clear to you, I'm going to show you who I am. And that is the mentality the Lord is bringing to you today. Your actions will make it clear on who you are to them. You don't have to be begging people to realize who you are. You don't have to put on a fake personality to get people to want to be around you. You don't have to imitate the things you see the people of this world doing. Simply being who you are. Being Believing in who you were created to be will make it clear to them. It will make it clear to everyone when you walk in your authority. He said, 
he showed them while while working a miracle in front of their face that he was authorized to forgive sins. He was authorized to heal. And just Jesus being simply himself was proof enough that he was who he said he is, that he is the I am, right? And it says, the, um, and the man did it. The crowd was awestruck, amazed and pleased that God had authorized Jesus to work among them this way. Passing along, Jesus saw a man at his work collecting taxes. His name was Matthew. Jesus said, come along with me. Matthew stood up and followed him. Later, when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house and his close, with his close followers, a lot of disreputable characters came and joined them. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and lit into Jesus' followers. What kind of example is this from your teacher acting cozy with crooks and misfits? Jesus overhearing shot back, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? So Jesus said, yeah, you see me around these people, but because they know they need me. I know they need me. And he says, they know they need the doctor. You think you're well. He told the Pharisees, you think you're well. So it's nothing I can do because you think you're well. But see, these crooks and these misfits, they know what it is. And when you come to Jesus authentic, authentically, <laughs> authentically, I think that's how you say it. When you come to him as is and you're just saying, Lord, I believe who you are. Teach me your way. Show me how to be like you. That's when you'll see him move. But when it's like this persona, it's like this, this. This this thought process that people got that you got to get it together before you come to the Lord. No, the Lord's going to get you together when you come to him. You can never get yourself together enough to stand before the Lord. You have to allow his grace and his mercy to bring you forth towards him. Okay? This just had to tell you that. Because there's not enough getting yourself together. Okay? You need that blood. That blood is necessary. Let me close my door all the way because I can hear my my dryer going. But it's necessary, you feel me? To know that you need that blood to be clean. That blood is the only thing that's going to make you worthy enough to stand before the Lord. To have a relationship with him is the blood that is the sacrifice to be able to come boldly to the throne. Okay? Because a lot of times, you know, and I'm going to just talk about me. A lot of times, you know, I might make a mistake that I felt like I shouldn't have did. I shouldn't have reacted in a way. And sometimes I'll like back up and I'll just be like, I messed up. God's going to be mad at me. God's going to be this and he's going to be that. And that is the farthest from the truth because when I come to him, he give me that unfailing love. And he like, we're going to do it better next time. Now you learn from your mistake. Now let's 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 try let's try to better it for next time. Now you know. Now you see. You feel me? Don't shrink back to him when you feel like you made a mistake, but come to him. And it says, 
go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. Okay, family, if you hear something thumping, that's because my neighbors is upstairs. I don't know if they slinging bodies around the house or not, but it be loud. So if you hear that, that's what that is, okay? But nevertheless, he says, I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. So the Lord said, I'm coming for the people who felt like you never fit in. I'm here for those people. Those people you feel like you always was pushed to the side. You always felt like the outsider. You always felt like you were outside looking in. You couldn't even fit in if you tried. (laughs) That's who he is looking for. He's not looking for the ones that think they got it all together. He's looking for the ones that that know I ain't got it all together. Because people will see his glory. It's all about his glory. The Lord was speaking to me earlier, and it was it was a situation. This is a pending testimony. I got a plethora of pending testimonies. And the Lord was talking to me about how he's getting ready to do something in my life. And he said, I had to let you get your hands off of it. I needed you to completely surrender because the way I'm about to work this situation in your behalf, the Lord was saying that you're not going to be able to get the glory. You won't be able to say you did anything about it. Everyone will know that it was me who has did it. That's why he has let you get your back up against the wall. Because he wants you to know that it's only me who could do this. Only I could have accomplished this. Your human thoughts and efforts couldn't do nothing to get the outcome that I'm about to bring you, says the Lord. A little later, John's followers approached asking, why is it that we and the Pharisees rigorously discipline discipline body and spirit by fasting, but your followers don't? Jesus told them, when you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Later, you may need to exercise moderation, but not now. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. He went on, no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match, and you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. Don't be so close-minded like the Pharisees that you miss the fact that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That you are able to tap into the kingdom of heaven. That God is doing something new. He said, he went on, no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match and you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. He says, I'm doing something new. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't come to me religiously, but come to me with just a relationship with an open heart. Remember he was talking to the Samaritan woman and he was like, all that is going to matter is the heart. To worship God, all that matters is that you have an open heart. That's it. True worship is worshiping in spirit and in truth. And there's nothing religious about that. Nothing religious about worshiping God. 
It's nothing religious about it. It's just your truth. It's just by the spirit of God. Okay. As he finished saying this, a local official appeared, bowed politely and said, my daughter just has now died. If you come and touch her, she will live. Jesus got up and went with him. His disciples following along. Just then a woman who had hemorrhaged for 12 years slipped in from behind and lightly touched his robe. Hold up. Does the woman with the issue of blood always get me? Because can you imagine? Some of you very well can put yourself in that very predicament. You know what that feels like. To have been waiting on a breakthrough. Waiting on healing for years. You might only be waiting for your breakthrough for like a month, but it still feel like years. But 12 years, she suffered. She was an outcast. She was unclean. No one had an answer for her. But she had her mind set on Jesus. She started to believe that if I only can touch him. I can become clean again. I can become whole again. And it was her mindset that set her apart from the rest of the crowd. It was her mindset. It's time to switch your mindset. It's time to renew your mind. It's time to be transformed into this new creature by renewing your mind. You know how in Joshua, I think it's chapter one, where the Lord says, meditate on his word day and night, and then you will succeed in all that you do. God is saying he wants a wholehearted commitment, not half-heartedly, wholehearted commitment. And watch what he does. She was um, she was thinking to herself, if I could just put a finger on his robe. She said, if I could just touch the hem. Go look at go look at one of your jackets or something. Think about a hem. A hem ain't that ain't a big space. She said, if I could just touch the hem of him, I can be healed. And I need you to make that your mindset. It's not about what you can do. It's not about how you can get it done. But it's by believing what Jesus can make you become. How, what, how Jesus can change your lifestyle. Set your mind on that. Then he reassured her. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. She said, I'll get well. So what she says, she says, if I could just put a finger on his robe, I'll get well. Jesus turned, caught, at, caught her at it. Then he reassured her, courage, daughter. You took a risk of faith. Now you are well. Mm. Can I tell you something? It is so scary when all you have left is the word of God. <laughs> All you got left is a promise and your situation looks nothing like what the Lord said was going to happen. But will you take the risk? Will you take that risk of faith? Will you choose to have enough courage to believe what God said even when you don't see it, even when it doesn't look like it? The woman was well from then on. After her risk, she was well again. 
She, he made her clean. If you go back into the Old Testament, it talks about when a woman is menstruating, how she's unclean for a certain period of time. I ain't going to give you the number because I don't remember how many days, but it's a couple of days that you're unclean when you're on your menstrual. And even when you get off, like it's a certain amount of days after you get off. I, I believe it's a certain amount of days after you get off your period that, that um, I think it's in... Oh, it's either in it's either in Exodus, Leviticus, or Deuteronomy. It's in one of them. But I want to say it's either in Leviticus or Deuteronomy. But I think it's in Leviticus. It's in Leviticus. I'm gonna put it at the bottom for you. This has got you. But it tell it says how you're unclean. And this woman was bleeding for 12 years. That means for 12 years she was unclean. And one touch made her well again. And I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been unclean. And I see in my life how one touch from Jesus made me well again. It made me clean again. That's why I'm pointing you to him. Because he can do it. He can do it no matter what you bring to him. There's nothing he can't do. Okay? If you can think or imagine, that means he's already has an outcome for you. Because God promised you that you can't even think or imagine all the plans that he has for you. So when you think that something's too big, mm -mm, the Lord says come higher because you can't imagine what I have planned for you. But now they had arrived at the house of at the house of the town official and pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story and the neighbors bringing in casseroles jesus was abrupt clear out hold on okay clear out this girl isn't dead she's sleeping they told him they told him he didn't know what he was talking about but when jesus had gotten rid of the crowd he went in and took the girl's hand and pulled her to his, to her feet alive the news was soon soon out and traveled throughout the region so remember at the at the top it says as he's finished saying this a local official appeared and bowed politely and said my daughter has just now died if you come and touch her she will live he see see it's a different ways that the Lord knows that his people need him. He said, If you come touch my daughter, I know she'll be well. And Jesus got up. He seen that man's faith and he got up. The woman that was suffering with the issue, she said, If I touch him, I know he can make me clean. The Lord just wants to see your effort. He wants to see your faith. He wants to know, do you believe that if you if you come and you touch me, that I will heal you? Do you believe that if you call on my name, I will come and put my hand in that circumstance? Do you really believe it, says the Lord? Do you believe it or do you just say you believe it? That's what I want you to think about. Do you believe it or do you just say that you believe it? Um, become what you believe. See, this is the part right here. It just kept on coming in my spirit over and over. As Jesus left the house, he was followed by two blind men crying out, mercy, son of David, mercy on us. When Jesus got home, the blind men went in with him. Jesus said to them, do you really believe I can do this? They said, why, yes, master. 
He touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy Spirit, move. Oh, Jesus. These men, they followed the Lord. They was like, we know you can do it. And Jesus said, do you, do you, do you really believe I can do this? It wasn't that the Lord didn't know, but he needed, he wanted to see, do you, do you even, do you even have enough faith to answer me? And that is for somebody right now, the Lord's saying, do you even have enough faith just to say yes? Yes, master, I believe you. I know if you touch me, I will be healed. He said, he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe Become what you believe. God has given you visions. He has been nudging you. He's been giving you thoughts and ideas. And the Lord is saying, I want you to become what you believe. Don't allow that that, that subconscious thought to rule over you no longer. But become what you believe. You are good enough. You are worthy enough. You won't fail. It's impossible to fail when you have me. It's impossible. Stop listening to the enemy when he tells you that it's impossible for you to do this. Because I am telling you, the Lord is saying, I am telling you it's possible with me. It's impossible to fail when you have the Lord. It, it says, become what you believe. And then it said, it happened. I want you to walk into this Kairos time, right? It's Kairos of it happened. That's, that's what I want you to title this next season of your life. It happened. Today marks the day where the Lord says, "Come, become what you believe. And as you go into this next season of your life, this next season is called It Happened. Mm-mm-mm. They saw, then Jesus became very stern. So you're coming into a point where you couldn't see how these promises was coming to pass. You've, you, 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 you've been walking around blinded by this false reality. But today, you chose to believe that Jesus could do it. Not that you could do it. You chose to believe that Jesus could do it. And you're walking into a season of it happened. And now the next line says they saw. They went from blind to seeing. They went from a promise to seeing the promise happen. And that is what's happening in your life. Then Jesus became very stern. Don't let a soul know how this happened. But they were hardly out the door before they started babbling it to everyone they met. Sometimes the Lord wants you to just keep what's going on in that season of consecration. 
between you and him. Is there going to be a time where you are going to be able to tell everyone how it happened? But first, I hear the Lord saying a season of solitude is necessary. It's so many things he wants to download into your spirit. It's so many things that he wants to give you the code to. He wants to give you the code to so many different things for these breakthroughs. I'm telling you, breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough is on the horizon. And that's why the Lord is saying right now is not a time for distractions. Because your breakthroughs are here. Right after that, as the blind men were leaving, a man who had been struck speechless by an evil spirit was brought to Jesus. As soon as Jesus as soon as Jesus threw the evil tormenting spirit out, the man talked away just as if he had been talking all his life. The people were up in their feet applauding. Do you listen, let me tell you something. <clears throat> The Lord is going to use what he's doing for you, for his glory. Trust him in the process. Trust him in the process. They said there's never been anything like this in Israel. He's he's going to do what he promised you. You are going to bring so many souls to him. What you think right now is useless. What you think right now has been wasted. God says, I'm about to use it. The Pharisees left sputtering. Smoke and mirrors. It's nothing but smoke and mirrors. He probably made a pact with the devil. Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies, healed their bruised and their hurt lives. When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. How few workers. On your knees and pray for harvest hands. And like, I feel like right now we have to just go right into prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Excuse me, Lord. I want to clear my, my throat, Jesus. But Father God, I want to just thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for the beauty for our ashes, Father. I want to thank you for your faithfulness, Father, for your unfailing love, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Father, I'm praying for your child on the other end, Lord, that they will choose to believe in you, Father, to know that you hold the outcome in your hands, Father, for their lives. You hold their breakthrough, Father, in your hand, Father. And I pray that they will trust you and they will lean on to your understanding and not their own, Lord. Father, I'm praying for this harvest, Father. Father, I'm praying that you just send more workers, Lord. Send your people out, Father, to begin to harvest, Lord. When you look around in this world, Lord, on this earth, you see nothing but broken and lost souls, Father. 
And I pray that you just begin to send out more harvesters, Lord, to reap your souls, Father. I pray that your children shall overcome, Lord, by the blood of the Lamb, Lord, and by the word of their testimony. Let them not be too embarrassed by their testimony, by their past. Let them not be be ashamed, Father, but allow them to use it, Father, to overcome, Lord, to defeat Satan, Father God, to defeat the enemy, the accuser of the brethren. Let's defeat him, Father, by your blood, Lord, and by our testimony, Father. Lord, I thank you. I honor you and I praise you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Family, he's doing it, okay? I need you to know he's doing it. It's done. It's finished, okay? Believe. Become what you believe. Because you are. Whether you want to believe the good or the bad, whatever your mindset is, whatever you believe in, that's what you will become. If you choose to focus your mind on negative things, you will then become a negative person. If you choose to focus your mind on kingdom things, you will become a kingdom ambassador. The choice is yours. Okay? So, family, let's close out. I love you guys so, so, so much. And let's not, let's all say this together. Let's not forget that most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.